0: What is up, Fort Collins? It is Border War Week. You know what that means. We are talking CSU. We are talking Wyoming. We are talking Bronze Boot. It's all about the rivalry week. And I don't know about you guys, but I could not be more excited to finally, finally have a relevant college football game in the front range in Colorado that I can attend in person. I will say... If, if I could give up my seat to allow the CSU, you know, to allow more fans in the stands, I'd do it in a heartbeat. There are plenty of people that I wish, you know, could be there that deserve to be there. Unfortunately, it's a tough situation. At the end of the day, at least we have some college football to consume. Before we get into the podcast, got to talk about my friends over at Chevalier Mortgage. Nobody reps the Rams harder than my friends, Mike and Virginia, Chevalier, a, a husband and wife duo that have been helping people for a decade plus. Look, if you're wondering if the rates are as good as you're hearing, you need to call them. They're absolutely incredible right now. They can help and save you hundreds of dollars a month, thousands of dollars over the course of your loan. You know, these guys, they can help you find out if you're eligible to reduce potentially even eliminate your current mortgage insurance premiums visit them at dnvrmortgage.com enter to win a free dnvr shirt or hat of your choice most importantly get set up with a free consultation that's dnvrmortgage.com since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home this includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals your investments your tax situation Mike in Virginia will work through it all and help you find the best loan for your situation. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice, or call Mike directly. Tell him Justin from DNVR sent you. Call him at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472. Or again, you can visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. What's up, everyone? Joined by a special guest, friend of the podcast, Michael Katz, up in Laramie. Big fan of the Los Angeles Lakers and Los Angeles Dodgers, but we let him on anyways because he's a really good dude. And he knows a lot about football. Cats, how's it going, man?
1: Good, man. I think this is uh, this is these last, I guess, this last month has been the peak of my sports fandom. I'm gonna enjoy it as long as I can because the come down is going to be bad.
0: <laughs> hey, there's you guys earned this one. I'm I'm anti Dodgers because I'm a Rockies fan and I've had to just get beaten up by you guys my entire life, but. Given what you guys have been through the last couple of years and the Astros kind of stealing a title from you, I, I got to admit, you know, they they earned this one.
1: Yeah, this one, it was probably, I think in other years, I've had my hopes too high. Like but, last year, I thought was the year. Yeah. The team that won 106 games or whatever it was, they got bounced by the freaking Nationals. <laughs> so like this year, when they were down 3-1 of the Braves, I was like, well, here we go. And <laughs> like I kind of like gave up. Like I was watching it obviously, but I was like, you know what? I have no expectation anymore. If they keep the series alive, great. And then they did it. And I was like, oh man, I have to be pessimistic more often. This is awesome.
0: That's almost how I felt about the Broncos in 2015. Their defense was so dominant the entire season. And and they still had Peyton, but he'd, you know, come down a lot by that. But just after the Seahawks Super Bowl, Super Bowl 48, where they just beat the living hell out of him. The entire playoff run, I just felt so uneasy, even really down to the last whistle. And the Broncos dominated that game. But I remember, you know, the entire time just being like, oh, God, like, we're going to blow this somehow.
1: Well, I thought we had the quintessential Dodgers moment in game four of the World Series when the, all that stuff happened. Yeah. The errors on errors and a Rosarina falling over on third and still scoring. Like, I'm so <laughs> happy I was covering a game. I couldn't watch it. Uh, but I got all these texts from people that were just like, oh my god. I was like, well, I know how this one ended.
0: Classic uh, baseball.
1: So, and I I thought I thought that was the moment I was like, the Dodgers are gonna do it again, aren't they? They're gonna blow it. And then they actually didn't. So that was a nice that was a nice 2020 surprise in a good way.
0: There haven't been many, but there have been a few, including the Return of the Mountain West. And Wyoming, two games in, I'm, I'm kind of curious, have they lived up to your expectations? Outplayed your expectations? You know, what's your impression so far?
1: It's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, obviously everything got turned upside down when Sean uh, Chambers broke his leg on the third play of the first game. I think everybody was just sort of shocked. I mean, how do you prepare for that? I mean, even if... Uh, You know, they were going to, Levi Williams was going to play, but I don't, I don't think anyone expected it to be in that sort of way. Yeah. Uh, You know, Sean battled back from two other season ending injuries. He was a captain. It finally seemed like he was like, this was his year. And then three plays in, I think everybody was kind of shell-shocked and you kind of saw that in, um, you know, the first really three quarters of the Nevada game. They were just bad. Um, Yeah. And not just offensively. I mean, yeah, they couldn't run the ball, but it was the defense that was just giving up. Huge chunk plays. There were receivers running wide open. It was just very un-Craig Bowl Wyoming. I mean, if if there's one thing you usually think they're going to do, they're going to win on the line of scrimmage, and they're going to play good defense. And for the first three quarters, they didn't do any of that. And then the end of that third quarter, that fourth quarter, they made that crazy comeback. And it was like, okay, like, this is kind of what I expected. I thought their offense was going to be a lot better than it was last year. And, you know, they scored 22 points in the last 18 minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, and they forced, you know, a bunch of punts in a row. And I was like, okay, this is the team, you know, I thought I was going to see. And then obviously they ended up losing that game in overtime. Um, and so, you know, I thought Hawaii was going to be a really good sort of gauge because uh, Hawaii – looked really really good against fresno state uh in their opener um they were running the ball which is still really weird for hawaii to do (laughs)
0: uh
1: they're supposed to be throwing 70 times um you know they ran for like 323 yards in that game against fresno and i was like you know i i thought they were gonna put up points and you know that performance against hawaii 31 to 7 holding them to 215 yards of offense or whatever it was that's kind of the team that i thought i was going to see so it's been two very very different games for the most part um i mean i've i've been i i, I the running game i knew was going to be good uh and, and trey smith are going to be a, a, a pretty good duo in the conference um the receivers have been better than i thought Then maybe better than I expected faster. Uh, There were a lot of question marks with them. And for the most part, they've been pretty good. Um, Levi Williams has a lot of work to do uh, as a passer. Um, You know, you you can't consistently complete like 50% of your passes for 112 yards or whatever it was uh, against Hawaii and, and score 31 points. They were very fortunate in that they got some good field position plays and whatnot um but um you know i expect the passing game is going to get better uh eventually um you know that first game i was kind of shocked with how bad they looked but given the circumstances i, I kind of get it and there was probably a lot of emotion after sean went out but that second game i i you know when i did all my predictions and all that stuff I, I was, that's the team i thought that i was going to see and i we kind of expect to see it going forward. Craig Bull is going to do what he does, man. He's he's going to run the hell out of the ball. He's going to, I think he ran it 59 times last game, which is great for deadline. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and they're going to play defense. And I, I would expect that formula not to change.
0: You know, what's funny is with the hiring of Steve Adazio at Colorado State, I think, you know, that's kind of what he's trying to emulate. I don't know if, It'll be exactly the same. I think to an extent, CSU is probably going to still try and go a little bit flashier just because, you know, try and take advantage of, you know, there's an identity in Laramie and they totally play up to it. That like cowboy tough, we're going to beat the hell out of you. And I respect it. It's a lot of fun to watch. I will say I was very impressed by the resolve that that Cowboys team showed in, you know, down the stretch because, like you said, it is shell shocking to lose your quarterback. CSU's experienced that multiple times over the last couple of years with Colin Hill. Even even if you have a backup you trust, you don't prepare for that scenario where the starter's just not available. Yeah, you know, you'd know you love to get him on the field, get him some reps, but not, you know, all right, here's the keys, man. You got to drive.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's... I mean, I know that it was a quarterback battle, but there's a reason Sean won the job. Yeah. Uh, they trusted him to run the offense. They trust him as a leader, and that's not anything against Levi, but yeah. it speaks more for what they thought of Sean. Um, and so... You know, the plan might have been to use sprinkling Levi here and there, but I don't think they were expecting to have him on the field for 85% of the game. And I think that really did throw him from the loop. But uh, yeah, I mean, the last, you know, the the deadline writing nightmare is having a story already written and then having to basically scrap it. And I definitely did that against Nevada because I had uh, the Wyoming blowout loss story. In, in like the third quarter, and, and then obviously that narrative changed quite quickly. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're they're you know they might they're not going to win every game, but they're going to go down swing And then, and that's I think that's just kind of the mentality. It's the cliche cowboy tough sort of thing that they have.
0: You know, obviously the focus is is going to be on the ground game. You mentioned they ran it, I think fifty nine times the other night. That, that's always been a big part of Wyoming, yeah, at least over the last decade or so. You know, Brian Hill, they've had just a lot of really talented backs. Validay is, in my opinion, the best running back in the conference as good as probably any running back in G5 that I've seen. I mean, d- the dude's electric. But I'm curious, what is Wyoming's path to victory if CSU is able to stuff the run? Because that wasn't really their problem against Fresno State. They actually contained Ronnie Rivers fairly well.
1: Yeah, if, if I remember correctly, I mean, it was Hager who kind of tore yeah. him up was three for 300 whatever and whatever. Um, and, you know, in, in a perfect world, this is the game where Levi Williams gets himself right. Uh, if you're going off what happened to CSU in the first game, you know, maybe this is the game where you get the passing game going. Um, and I'm sure they'd like to do that. But I mean... Craig is gonna Craig Bull. I think even if the running game isn't working, he's still gonna do it. I, I think a big thing for this game is is gonna be forcing turnovers. Um, you know, at the end of or the Hawaii game, it was seventeen to seven early in the fourth, and Chevin Cordero had uh, to force it. Know, you know, and and he he threw a bad pass that got tipped into Charles Hicks's hands, and he ran it back 47 yards, and that changed everything about the game. Because at that point, you've kind of thought Hawaii still had a shot, and after that, you know, Wyoming cashed in 24-7. You were like, okay, this one's probably not going to happen. And so, I, I think if the running game isn't working. I still think they're going to run it (laughs) because, you know, know, even if it's like three yards a carry, I think they're still – it's what they are, and that's what they're built on. And, um, you know, I don't think they want Levi to have to throw it, like, 25 times. I think that's – that means they're probably down. Like, against, um, you know, Nevada, he threw 27-some passes. That's a lot for a Wyoming quarterback to throw right now.
0: Um, it's so funny to to hear that. And especially in 2020, 27 <laughs> pass attempts, a lot for a, for an offense.
1: No, I know. I mean, that's like halftime for a lot of these schools. Uh, <laughs> look at all the air raid teams and all that stuff. Uh, but, you, you know, it's, I, I think they're going to run it regardless. But I, I think that if if that's not working, they're going to have to make things happen on defense. You know, I, I think the yardage is always going to be, Kind of whatever for Wyoming, but where they've always been tough is forcing turnovers and uh, red zone defense. And, and I think that they have to really kind of stay strong there because I mean Colorado State, I think, is going to move the ball. I don't think it's going to be an issue of of moving, you know, from twenty to twenty. But I think um, you know once they get down in the red zone, that's where Wyoming has historically kind of tightened up everything and. Uh, I think they're going to have to be tough there and they're going to have to force some fumbles or get some interceptions or or something like that.
0: I think that's an astute breakdown of, of Wyoming. Um, I, I, I will say their defense says it's not particularly sexy. It's not like they, you know, run a lot of complicated stuff at you, you know, what what makes this Wyoming defense so successful is it just the relentlessness how aggressive they come at you
1: yeah I mean it's you know obviously it's it's a new defensive coordinator this year but it all looks the same I mean it's all pretty much Craig Bull's philosophy and uh you know the last few coordinators have been really successful and that's you know they've gone on to bigger jobs and whatnot and they've been successful where they've gone but you know for the most part Craig Bull defenses are going to be what they are um you know, they lost Logan Wilson. Uh, they lost Cash Meloia, Elijah Halliburton, and all these, they're big name sexy guys. And you just look though, and it, they play the same way, even if the names aren't there. And I, and I think it's kind of the, the same reason that uh, they run the ball so well. It, its They're just so physical up front. and And I think the defensive line, and that's a bunch of new guys too, because they had a bunch of guys opt out.
0: Yeah, that that was, you know, maybe going to be one of the quote-unquote weaknesses of the team coming in, and it, it has they haven't skipped a beat so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, their best defensive lineman hasn't played yet, uh, Garrett Krall, uh the senior defensive end, because he's had a foot issue, and so you've had all these guys, you know, well, there's a walk-on in there, there's just a lot of guys who you didn't think were going to be the playmakers this year that... Have done nothing but perform, and I think when the defensive line is able to do what it does and handle offensive lines, it makes everyone's life easier. It makes the linebackers' life easier, it makes everything easier on the secondary because you know they're f- forcing uh, quicker passes, all that kind of stuff. I really think that the key—this is probably the key for most defenses—but it's it's just really being stout on the defensive line, and I think for them that really sets or has set everything up for him
0: how has wyoming's offensive line held up in pass protection so far csu's defensive line very experienced uh they got four and a half sacks i believe most of them in the second half on Hayner. could potentially be you know a way that csu wreaks some havoc if they're able to you know kind of disrupt wyoming
1: yeah, in uh, against Nevada, I I there were some some cr- some cracks. Uh they maybe didn't show up in sacks, but it was hard for Levi to get passes off. It wasn't a clean pocket and it was the same uh for the running game that game. And then against Hawaii, Levi I don't think got sacked. Um not he, that I can remember, yeah. Yeah, I think he had, you know, he could pretty much he had as much time as he needed. Part of that too is because he's mobile, but it they looked again, I think everybody thought that the strength of this team was going to be the offensive line because they've got all their guys back. Um, I think it's ne- with a couple guys who left. I think it's six guys that have started uh games up there. That's big. Um, yeah, and no, absolutely. And you know, with a group that was good last year, you your natural expectation is that they'd be better this year. Yeah. Uh, and in that first game, it really wasn't. They weren't very impressive. But against Hawaii, they kind of started to look like the team. And you know, first games are weird. I get it. It's been a weird year. I mean, I mean, come on. Like everything's been weird. But, um, you know, I, I and Bart Miller, their offensive line coach, has even in the off season said the one thing that maybe they don't do as well as they could is pass protect. Um, the run blocking's great. They're, they're going to maul you. Um, but in pro, you know, has been a concern. And so, um, if, if college state can get pressure, uh, it obviously changes things, but I, I don't think that, um,
0: I mean, they're not. They're probably not going to pass that much anyway. Yeah, no. It, it, if you I can make think, them one dimensional.
1: Yeah, and I don't think uh, you know Levi getting knocked down a couple times is going to dissuade what the game plan was, unless they're down big. Um, you know, if it's a twenty-eight to six game again, uh, and the Colorado State pass rushers can just pin their ears back, that obviously changes things, but. Um, you know, if they, if they lose a couple of pass rush battles, I don't think they're going to be too concerned because I think ultimately they're, they're confident that they're going to run it down your throat.
0: The season is in full swing and the action is still unfolding. So head over to DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. With so many storylines across both professional and collegiate sports, this is the time to check out all that DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. If you haven't tried the app yet, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss this. To celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. That's right. If you bet, you can do it risk-free Sunday up to $100. This weekend, Denver is taking on Atlanta in a cash and a clash, I should say, of two high-flying offense, so get in on all of the action now. That's not the only thing DraftKings is offering, though. DraftKings has odds boosts every single Sunday to help you make it rain, plus you know they're safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code RAINBOW when you sign up and get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bet of up to $100. That's right, you bet. They cover up to $100 when you use the promo code RAINBOW during sign-up. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. This is obviously a, a very historic rivalry. You know, over the years, people have said some uh, outlandish, I don't know what the what the way would be to, just they trash talk. You know, that's a part of the rivalry. It's fun. What are Wyoming coaches, players saying? Are Are they keeping it humble given that they've won four years in a row?
1: Yeah, it was funny because that was part of my, one of my stories today was just sort of examine a little bit how They've handled a little bit differently. Craig Bowl always says the right stuff. He always says, we have a lot of respect for Colorado State. They're a great team. It's going to be a great game, blah, 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 right? Uh, Adazio said similar things, but he obviously didn't mention Wyoming by name.
0: And um, he's not going to, supposedly. And I, I,
1: yes, and so I looked up that story. I found out that's a bit of a thing. Yeah. And, so, and, you know, uh, there were a couple of players from Colorado State who said, well, we're going to get it back. And I, I expect players to say that. I mean, for sure. If, if you're not expecting the win, then why do you go out there? But, um, you know, for the most part, Wyoming kind of takes the personality of Craig. They just kind of say, we're really excited for this game. It means a lot to us, blah, blah, blah. And even the Colorado kids who, um, You know, there's obviously a bunch of them uh, on Wyoming. You know, they say, "Oh, I've known about this rivalry since I was a kid," but they're never like, "I hate CSU." It's always just kind of like, "Yeah, we're really excited to play in this game." It's, it's, and like I said, I think a lot of that just sort of comes from Craig because I I think he's, he's, he's pretty savvy in the (laughs) way. Yeah, I, I imagine he's probably full of piss and vinegar before the game in terms of just getting the guys motivated, but he's never going to really wear that emotion on his sleeve.
0: That's fair. And I mean, it's, it's the smart thing to do going in, talk, you know, talk trash after you win, not, you know, before. And CSU's kind of had some trouble with that over the last five years or so coming out with, you know, oh, we're going to take this game back. And, and I don't fault him for it because like you said, what are you, what are you supposed to say? You know, like, well, we, we normally lose. Uh, Hopefully we don't. So. Yeah, no, exactly.
1: But, like, oh yeah, we're expecting to lose by three touchdowns. Like, who? Come on, I would be upset if Colorado State wasn't expecting to win.
0: Exactly. That's that's what you want. It's it really is a great rivalry. Uh, before I let you go, sports betting obviously huge in Colorado. I think it'll get legalized in Wyoming pretty soon. I think it'll go national before we know it. But just a, a quick over under for on some of these. You can't actually uh, bet on individual props on college football yet. I'm not really sure why, but probably for the NCAA. I don't know. But we're going to do it just for fun. Over under 110 rushing yards for Valade in this game. Over. Over. I'm yeah. marking it down. Yeah. Over under 200 passing yards for Levi Williams. Under.
1: That They're one, pretty... I wasn't
0: sure. I, w- I was going to put it at 150, but then it seemed too low.
1: Yeah, I, I think he'll end up in like the 175 range.
0: That sounds about right. Um, Let's see here. 75 receiving yards for t- CSU tight end Trey McBride, who kind of ate up Wyoming a little bit last year. Uh,
1: I'd take the over on that.
0: I think so, too. Three total turnovers in the game, either team. Over. That could be interesting. I, I think yeah. so, too. I think it's going to be kind of a weird one. And then uh, the last one, and this has been the big point of controversy for CSU all week because Adazio wouldn't actually name the starting quarterback. It's going to be O'Brien, but he won't say it. Yeah. Over under 220 passing yards for CSU. Last week, um, they had 223 total.
1: I would say... I would take the over on that because I think Wyoming, they're going to shut down the run, and I think that's going to kind of force Colorado State's hand. I don't think I don't think Wyoming's going to be upset if O'Brien throws for 250 or whatever it is, as long as they shut down the
0: run. Yeah, probably. I mean, there's the strength of their defense is always going to be, you know, hit them in, in the front seven. Yep. Wyoming three and a half point favorites. Do they cover?
1: Yeah, well, you know, if it was the original one that th- that said thirty seven and a half points, <laughs> which people ate me up for, and I was like,
0: "Y'all it's not like realize that?" It was that? you're you're just resharing it. It's not like yeah, you're the one that posted it. It's clearly a mistake.
1: Like, yeah. I just thought it was hilarious because, like, I kept refreshing the page. I was like, "Oh God, it's still a thing," and I got people attacking me, and I was like, "Guys, I I, I don't really care. <laughs> it was just really funny, but." Uh, I would take the over on that. I think it's going to be close for a while. Uh, but I think ultimately Wyoming is, is going to do what it does. And it, you know, I don't know if they're going to score 30 points. I think I've only seen them score 30 points like twice or three times, but actually no 12, two of them have been this year. Um, but, uh, you know, I I ultimately expect them to kind of grind it out that first half and then kind of pull away the second half.
0: Well, that that's actually perfect for this transition, real quick, because once a week I have to give what is my DraftKings pick of the week, and it's just basically what I tell people: "Hey, I think you know, go do this." I'm not saying I I'm betting on it; I'm telling them they should. I the the point total in this game is fifty-two and a half. Like you said, Wyoming doesn't score thirty a whole lot. CSU, with what we've seen so far, I'm not sure. And I just think, you know, I don't think the Rams are necessarily going to try and go like a ton of tempo because I think they're going to try and, you know, just control the possession, which they weren't able to do against Fresno. I think the under is relatively safe. 52 and a half. It's a little scary. I know because if, if you get some late touchdowns, there could really shoot it up. But I I think it's pretty safe to under on that. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I know I'm I'm a big overs guy, but. Uh, I think it, I think taking the over on this one is dangerous because again, I've watched Wyoming a lot. They don't put up a ton of points and they're not built that way. Um, you know, in a perfect world, they're winning, you know, 24 to 7 or 31 to 7, you know, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I, I think that under is is pretty safe because I think they're going to be pretty locked into what CSU is doing offensively. Um, you know, even if Wyoming were to score 30, I don't know, unless, like you said, it's like garbage time stuff. I don't know if CSU is gonna put up 20 plus.
0: It'll be interesting. I think the one thing that could really break this game open is the potential of big plays. That didn't really happen for CSU against Fresno State. They do get Dante right back, they get Ty McCulloch back. Patrick O'Brien starting. I mean, it was garbage time against Fresno State, but he did come in and, you know, move the ball right down the field. He does have that connection with Trey McBride. So if it's a situation where, you know, Validay breaks a couple of long touchdown runs, and then all of a sudden O'Brien hits a couple of long touchdown passes and we're in a shootout, obviously it goes out the window. But I don't see that happening. I see defense kind of being really what both of these teams try to lean on, at least in this game. A DraftKings pick of the week, under 52 and a half points, Mike, thanks for coming on, man. It's always fun to catch up with you. Congrats on your titles, I guess, whatever. But I- I'm looking forward to seeing you.
1: Yeah, man. I'm just most excited that we get a Chick-fil-A box dinner. That was super exciting to find out.
0: Hey, it's way better than the ice-cold Marco's pizza that we've been getting the last five years. So, No, um, man. I'll, I'll take that box dinner.
1: Dude, I saw that email and I was I screen-capped and I sent it to like everybody I knew. I was like, this is going to be the best <laughs> day ever.
0: Dude, honestly, I'm I'm a cheap date. Teams don't like you. Don't have to roll out the red carpet for me. You bring Chick Fil A or a sub sandwich and put like a Pepsi there, and I'm good to go. Or Coke, you know, whatever. People get all weird about that. I drink both.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I tend to not. Uh... Get too offended when it's a free thing. I'm not going to be exactly. like, oh, well, I'm not eating that now. It's like, yeah, of course I'm going to eat
0: it. Come on. I ate the cold pizza that was there before and never complained once about it, other than, you know, to myself and close friends. No, you know, yeah. not publicly.
1: No, I mean, 100%. I'll probably eat more cold pizza because yeah. it goes down easier.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <Come
1: on. laughs> but, yeah, no, I'm excited. Excited. To, uh, I, I love, you know, I've never been to CSU's football stadium, so that's going to be fun. I've heard it's beautiful be nice to just be in a press box and see all the homies and hopefully uh hopefully catch a good game
0: absolutely man well safe travels thank you again for coming on and you know try and uh try and stay calm for the rest of the night and you know don't watch too much cnn <laughs> I, I, that wasn't a political thing by the way that wasn't like a me saying don't watch C- don't watch don't watch too much election coverage don't stress yourself out i'm watching action tonight man Hell yeah, baby. Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. We got football all the time now. We
1: got six games today. It's beautiful. Gorgeous.
0: Love it. All right. Take care, man. Thanks, man.